Welcome back, Black Hollywood Live fans, and Happy New Year. On today's Fit Club, we talk the truth about vaccines and how to stick to your New Year's resolutions. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, Fit Club. All right, let me stop. I can't sing. <laughs> Welcome back, you guys, to Fit Club. I am your host, Fallon Mercedes, here with my co-host, Chaka Strong. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I missed you. I know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you doing? Great. We're back here. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, too. Where can they find you online, Chaka? You can find me at Chaka Strong on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And you guys can find me at FitWithFallon.com or at FitWithFallon across the social media streams and even now on Snapchat. Yeah. So holla at your girl. I will. We'll be Snapchatting more just for you guys. A little New Year's resolution, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys, we have a lot to talk about first, but let's start talk about the New Year and all those New Year's resolutions that you have been making or mm. been wanting to making. Studies have shown that a lot of people have made some resolutions this year. I know yeah. you haven't, Chaka. Yeah. I have. <laughs> but studies show that 42% of Americans have made uh, New Year's resolutions this year for 2017, and that of those, 37% of people in their 20s and 16% of those over 50 will actually succeed at those resolutions. What do you think of that? Um, I I thought it was interesting, and even more so, I think they said only 46% uh, are still kind of in the game six months out. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, people obviously don't follow through. It's about developing certain habits that will help us follow through. And what habits do you think those are? Well, one of the ones that uh, the article talked about is make it social Mm -hmm. and tell people. And I think that's a big one. For me, just when I moved to California, it didn't become real until I told people I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then once I told people, I was like, oh, well, now I have to do it because people are expecting this to happen. And so I think that's a, that's a huge tip. And I think, too, um, for me, I see most success with myself and with my clients when um, you, like... I train by myself, but when I train with other trainers or I jump into a class, something like that, I find that I stick to it more. And then it also says in this article that if you prepay for sessions... Because people usually stick, you know, once when, they get some skin in the game. When yeah. you paid for something, you don't want to get let your money go to waste. However, yeah. I have paid for 10 Orange Theory sessions. <laughs> How many have you gone to? Two. Still oh. haven't finished them. But in my defense, <laughs> I know, exactly. But in my defense, it is so far away from me. Yeah. Um, they've been popping up all over the place, so there will be one closer to me. So I hope... You know, yeah. then I'll they should be raise to... their prices. You'd be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about skin in the game as far as like paying for stuff? Do you think that's actual a motivation or no? I, I think if the payment hurt, you know, if, if it was an easy payment, you know, know it's five dollars, right? then, then no. But yeah. if you were like, oh my god, I really could use that money back, then I gotta go dollars. do it. Yeah. yeah, I find so many women that I train who do spend a lot of money on the bigger package. I find that they really do come in and utilize their sessions rather than somebody who buys a smaller package from me. So. Yeah, so you, you got to invest in yourself. Yeah. It says uh, the second thing to help you achieve and stick to your resolutions are commit to a specific date. Yeah. So you have to make a goal with a specific date. And I think this is important, too, because... 
you can chase a goal for many, many years. Oh, I'll lose 20 pounds. But when? When do you want to lose those 20 pounds? When I'm training people, I always say, give me a specific date. Mm-hmm. By your birthday in June, do you have something, mm-hmm. you know, a trip coming up in May, you know, that you want to be it fit helps. for? So it really does motivate them because they know, okay, time is running out. Yeah, coming from the competition world. Oh, well, yeah, know, that's true. Yeah, so there'd be, there'd be competitors you would see that didn't look quite in shape. Mm-hmm. And it, and I got to see this my first competition, so it was really great for me to realize and understand. And I, I think to myself, why are they why are they competing? And I'd found out a couple of people had lost 200 pounds, and they had set this date for a competition that they wow. wanted to do, and that was their goal. And then you, it kind of just blows your mind, yeah. like, wow, this was your end game. Oh, that's and so awesome. I think it's so important to have a date, and especially if it's a date like a competition, you're going to really <laughs> you know step it up. Yeah. Um, another one of the I guess. Um, resolution uh, key things that you can do is keep smiling. I thought Mm -hmm. this was interesting. But in in other words, just have fun. But I feel like if you're having fun, you're having a good time, you're going to see results. I recently started doing acro yoga. If you're in the L.A. area and, you know, you're not far from Santa Monica, head over there on Sundays. Um, It's to the left of the pier on the green area. You will see tons of acrobats contortionists and just regular fit fitness enthusiasts out there flipping around and it is so much fun I grew up as a gymnast so it kind of puts me back in that you know that mode Uh and it's really fun and you know two three hours will go by and it doesn't even feel like you're working out but the next day you'll wake up really really sore yeah I think that's super important whether it's a class that you're taking it's got to be fun you know know, if if you're taking a class because it's effective but you're not enjoying it you're probably not going to stick to it very long I agree and so you you have to enjoy yourself that's why it's good to always join a gym too I think think that has basketball courts or mm-hmm. a squash court or racquetball court so you can go and play and then also work out mm-hmm. I agree uh, the next one recognize aches and pains um, I know all of us at some point when you're working out you'll feel some discomfort I you know wake up legs sore arms sore mm-hmm. but there's a difference between sore and 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 you know injured or yeah. pre-injury you know yeah. and uh, one of the good rules they said is if it's changing the way you do things then you should you should go stop and maybe Maybe get it looked at. So if you have a shoulder injury and it's changing the way you move your arms, yeah. then get it looked at. Or if you're running and yeah. you notice, you know, you're running more on the tips of your your toes instead of, you know, yeah, because your... of the w- the pain that you're feeling, then you, you got to stop and take a break or go go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of people make the mistake of feeling a little sore and thinking, oh man. Now I got to take a couple of days off. Yes, yeah, you know? <laughs> I can attest to that. I know a lot of clients who will be like, "I'm in so much pain." I'm like, "No, no if it's not sharp shooting pain, and like yeah. you said, if it's not altering how you're working out, then maybe you just need to you take more amino acids push, and, and mentally push, push yourself. yourself." Because the brain will really work itself out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. The brain will find any excuse, and um, having just worked out with a lot of people and I think my workouts tend to be a little bit more intense for people I start hearing the excuses come real quick oh I think I have an appointment at 2 but it's automatic they're not trying to get out of the workout their their brain is trying to work themselves out of the workout oh that's true so, yeah I didn't so think you about have it that to, way yeah you have to be careful and like make sure you're not psyching yourself out yeah last one most of all just keep moving I love this one because I don't think it's necessary to go 120% every single day you know sometimes your body you wake up tired and I think if you think, well, I can't go to the gym because I'm not going to be able to run for an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you don't need to run today. Maybe you need to walk on an incline or maybe you need to 
try out, you know, some strength training. Yeah, and we know, and we know physical activity um, can result in restorative processes too and help the body heal. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that you need to go and go hard, but moving just at a slow pace, a steady state. So if you, if you do feel a little too sore, get to the gym and maybe just walk a few miles mm -hmm. at your own pace. So, Are there any other tips that we didn't have on there that you would suggest? To stick to, you know, I think I'm a visual person and I like writing things down and putting it in a place I'll see every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's always good to maybe do that, whether it's a mantra that you read every morning you wake up or the resolution mm -hmm. staring at you. I think that's an excellent, uh, excellent way to kind of keep yourself on pace. Yeah. And for me, I love fitness trackers. I love, mm -hmm. you know, even the food journals. Um, all that stuff for me really motivates me and helps me, you know, get to my goal, see it every day, work mm -hmm. at it, yeah, feel good when I achieve it. And then surround yourself. Like We talked about getting social, but, you know, a lot of times we're thinking Facebook, Instagram, but it could just be over text messages. Mm -hmm. uh, I have friends that go, oh, I just went to the gym and I killed it, you know. That's it. And then I go, wait, I want to go to the gym and exactly. kill it too. So even though we're working out separately, we're still motivating each other to continue going. Yeah, know? I agree. All right, next story. Um, Shaka and I were talking about this before the show had started, so we're going to elaborate, yeah. and then you guys watching. No hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think. I'm very um, intrigued by this, interested. I personally don't have kids, so I'd love to hear, especially from those of you that are parents who um, you know, have vaccinated your children or maybe chose not to. So um, CNN's... Um, uh, medical reporter, Dr. Sanja Gupta. He, did I pronounce that right? Yes, yeah, Sanja oh, okay. Gupta. Yeah. He, um, I love most of his articles and his reports. This one, I don't know how I feel about. Yeah, I so was he was talking about, yeah, it was very, and he even said in, in the opening of writing this report, he said um, he even almost abandoned the idea of doing it, but he wanted to address it and be honest when he addressed it. So from a doctor's point of view, he may see things differently, but he talked about vaccinations. And, you know, he says that facts are that vaccinations really do help prevent a lot of deaths, especially in children. Um, you know, they've prevented six million deaths um, every year worldwide when children are vaccinated. Um, but studies, you know, some other studies have showed otherwise. So I'm a little on the fence of how I feel about this. But one in two million children um, just in 2014 showed no link to vaccinations and autism. However, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen, I've only saw the trailer for the documentary Vaxxed. And there's doctors on there and, you know, um, parents who are coming out saying, no, my child did not have autism um, issues or autism itself until they were vaccinated. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I haven't seen Vax, so mm -hmm. so, and I I trust Sanjay Gupta on the numbers. Mm -hmm. So the the question to me is, is what's this broad range of autism? What are the symptoms and signs of autism mm -hmm. that people are calling autism? Mm -hmm. Because we know it's a pretty broad sort of disorder mm -hmm. where some people present and they can't even talk. Yes. And then some people seem kind of normal, and you have, would have no idea that they were autistic. Mm -hmm. So that, that's my hesitancy behind kind of that argument. But yeah. it, I think it was like you're 100 times more likely to be struck by lightning. Yeah, that, that's what he was saying. Yeah, th than to have an adverse reaction from a vaccine. And yeah, it says when, one, in, one, in mil one in a million 
children have a serious adverse reaction. But my argument towards that, and I was digging a little deep, was um, they have this thing called, uh, and maybe you know about it since you're a lawyer, it's called vaccine court. And literally, it's they, in 1986, they had to make a court system separately for vaccination cases because so many people and parents were suing these pharmaceutical companies claiming that their children were getting autism or having severe reactions. And I feel like if there wasn't such a problem with the vaccinations, why would they have to create a separate court system for it? Because I, I think you're going to want to attribute certain things to vaccinations when that's all you, that's when that's maybe it's all on the table that you have to attribute it to. Mm -hmm. uh, but the numbers in terms of the number of people that are not dying because of these diseases that were, like, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, polio, mm -hmm. those numbers don't lie. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And that's, I feel like, what Dr. So, um, Sanjay Gupta, he was saying, was a lot of people will attack him and maybe people who are in favor of vaccination saying, well, you don't love your child yeah. if you're going to give them these type of vaccinations that could cause them this, these things. But his response was, and I thought this was, you know, interesting. It's not just because I love my kids that I vaccinate them. In fact, I do, but it's because I love your kids as well. Yeah. Saying he doesn't want his children to pass something on to your kids, to so, some other kids. And vaccines have eradicated diseases. So it's hard for me to say not, yeah. not be on board with vaccination. Yeah. And just to throw out some more statistics, one in a million in 2014 had autism. In 1978, it was one in 15,000. Prediction in 2032 is that 80% of boys, so one in two boys, will end up having some type of autism on the autism spectrum. And so see, I, again, those numbers are so... Because in 1950, was anyone diagnosed with ADHD? No. And had they known what that was and, back then? And, and and what is it now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, some people are just hyperactive, and, yeah. and some people do have ADHD. Yeah. And, and so we come up with these new terms and these new ideas and new kind of disorders or things that are wrong with us, mm -hmm. and then maybe we over go overbroad with them. Mm -hmm. uh, but looking at the numbers and statistics that Gupta offered and just our death rates from disease, mm -hmm. I have to be a pro-vaccination supporter. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I don't have kids, and I'm still... I, I know, you know, I should look into this, yeah, you know, definitely before I have children, but one of my best friends, she made me aware, and I didn't know this, that you cannot enroll your children into school if they yeah. are not vaccinated. Yeah. So she homeschools her children for that reason. She does not want to vaccinate her kids. Yeah. So how, do you think that is fair for people who do not want to vaccinate their children that they can't get the same education? You don't want to get insurance. You can't drive on the road. So, yeah. you know, and we do that because we're protecting not just you, but the other people on the road around you. Yes. And so we're protecting your kid, but all the other kids in the classroom too. So I agree with that. I think what is going to happen, and I think it's starting to pop up now, I think they're, they're going to start um, a I'll, school, a mm -hmm. home school, where other kids can play with other kids that are not they, vaccinated. They already, well, yeah, they already have homeschool like groups, you know. Oh, do they have yeah, the groups? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like particular groups for non-vaccinated kids, yeah. but they already do have groups. Very so. interesting. You guys out there, please sound off on this. 
hot topic. Let us know. Are you in favor of Sanjay, Dr. Sanjay Gupta and Shaka and many others of getting your kids vaccinated? Or do you feel that those vaccinations are actually causing some of these yeah. ill diseases? It's like getting chicken pox in adulthood could be debilitating, could even cost your life. Exactly. But if you get vaccinated when you're a kid, a you, child. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about it. You know. Yeah, very interesting. All right, so on a lighter topic, uh, let's talk about popcorn. Oh, yeah. Here at After Buzz, we love popcorn. We actually have a popcorn <laughs> machine backstage. So when I saw this, this story, uh, spoke, this story to us. <laughs> it spoke to us very dearly. All right. So is popcorn actually really healthy? You know, you'll go into the store and you'll see skinny pop popcorn or um, what is that? That Captain... You know, they sell it at Trader Joe's, Captain mm. something. I don't know. It's really good. But the kettle corn is also very good, kettle too. Corn, yeah, kettle corn, white cheddar. Yeah. Um, so is it really healthy? So let's see. This study shows that, yeah, having the purest form of popcorn, if it's plain aired pop kernels, um, it's healthy if you have a three-cup serving. It's a whole grain. People yeah, forget. it's a whole grain. <laughs> um, it's only one gram of fat, four grams of fiber, 93 calories, so you're good, less than 100 calories. But what really makes the big difference is what you're putting in the popcorn. So yeah. if you're talking about homemade popcorn or movie theater popcorn, yeah. it's two different well, dynamics. You know, we as Americans <laughs> love to, you know, supersize. You know, we want triple, double, and everything on it, you know, and I think that's a problem with our popcorn today. The Center for Science and the Public Interest um, showed, according to one of their reports, a medium bucket of popcorn holds 20 cups and contains 1,200 calories, 980 milligrams of sodium and 60 grams of saturated fat. Three days worth of your saturated yes. fat. <laughs> Three days in worth. In one sitting. In one sitting. And I know tons of people who will do large, who will add more. Yeah. So I think you really need to probably sneak in your own popcorn into yeah. the movie theater. <laughs> your own healthy <laughs> so version. So you know what you're eating, yeah. Kettle corn, um, for example, can have up to four teaspoons of sugar, mm. um, one and one-fourth cup per serving. So kettle corn isn't even safe, even though yeah. you think it's a healthier yeah. alternative. And a, and a lot of popcorn, th these popcorns that are so high in fat and calories, cooked in coconut oil, like you, you think they're going to be healthy for you. And so you really do have to make sure you're reading your labels and look at your servings, too, because a lot of the servings are tiny. And yeah. you know that you know you don't have just, like, three cups of popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had more than three cups. Did I have three cups? I don't know. I had some backstage. I can't lie. Um, and one of the our old guests, Alex, from the Fit to Fat show, when yeah. he was on, he's a dietitian, And I'll never forget what he said, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but he said, whatever type of oil you use, even if it's a healthy oil, you can use coconut oil, but once you put it on the pan and it hits that high temperature, yeah. it nullifies it and it categorizes it as regular. It's like eating vegetable oil yeah. or all, um, not olive oil, but it, it's just it's all on the same playing field once it hits the heat. Yeah. So you could think, oh, but I'm cooking my popcorn in coconut oil, yeah. but is it really... And it just depends on the heat. So people like to use coconut oil because it's got a higher temperature, a uh, higher heat temperature. Mm -hmm. So it's going to break down at a higher temperature than olive oil, let's mm -hmm. say. And so that's why people like it. But if you're, you're and you have to know the temperature and where your temperature range is. Yeah. I, I think most people don't. Yeah. I don't want to throw my dad under the bus, but he's so cute. I went uh -huh. home. And he's like, yeah, I've been making my fish and coconut oil. And I went into the kitchen. He had this 
big tub of coconut oil and I looked in the pan and I swear the coconut oil was like two inches deep. Oh, he's deep frying he's even coconut deep oil. deep frying his fish in coconut oil. I'm like, dad, you get an A for effort, but yeah. let's throw this away. Let's pour this down the sink. We can't be doing this. So yeah, it's, you got to be careful. You, you yeah, because we hear buzz terms and we think, okay, if I'm using this and I can do whatever I want with it. So yeah, you got to watch what you're doing and making sure that you're doing everything right. Yeah. All right. Last topic. I've been experiencing a lot of insomnia. I think because I went home for the holidays. So I was on the East Coast. Now I'm on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah. A lot of people have had that after the holidays because everyone's been traveling. You, yeah. yeah. It throws you off, and then you're up all night for New Year's, yeah. and then you can't sleep. But here's some tips if you're experiencing um, some insomnia. One thing. Um, that people have been using that it's good for you. It's, you know, it's something that you pr produce in your body itself. It's called melatonin. Mm -hmm. And I just found out that melatonin actually they have little gummy bears. So you can take oh, it as a nice. pill, but if you don't like taking pills, you can have a nice chewable gummy bear and go to sleep. Hopefully and then... it's not too tasty. <laughs> yeah, like <five>. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, Shaka, you were telling me, too, about something that um, is a good alternative out there yeah. without, you know, it having adverse effects. Yeah, so, I, well, I've taken melatonin. My only problem with melatonin is if you're taking it nightly, you do, at least I felt I developed a resistance to it. Mm. So the first couple of nights, knocked Put out. Right to sleep. And then night it just was a little bit more attenuated. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I got a CBD oil. Um and, and, and for people out there who don't know what that is. Yeah, that's the non psychoactive component in marijuana. So it's THC and C B D. Um and this oil is just the C B D oil and that actually relaxed me and helped me get to sleep. So very interesting. Yeah. There's also natural foods that you can take that will help um you fall asleep. One is uh, foods that are high in tritophan. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it's an... an tryptophan? A, tryptophan. Yeah. <laughs> tryptophan. Um, it's an amino acid um, that could be that helps the production of serotonin, and that helps you fall asleep. It relaxes you. Part of the reason you, you uh, fall asleep right after that Thanksgiving meal. Exactly. So, that's so, that's right. so you're going to get your turkey, your chicken, your tuna. Um, also, complex carbs has the same thing. Yeah. So usually, you know, you get the itis when you have yeah. um, a big, you know, hearty you know, carbohydrate meal. So you can do your different types of butternut squash, sweet potatoes, of course, healthy carbs you want to go for. And that's all the stuff I put towards the end of my day. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so during my day, it's a lot more protein-heavy, very carb-light. Mm -hmm. And then at night is when I have my heavier carbs, and that helps me sleep and mm -hmm. my body process well. So. Um, it also says raw milk. Although dairy can be problematic for some, a glass okay. of raw milk uh, before bed does help with sleep. A2 dairy is recommended from goat sheep or A2 cows. What do you... You, you know, I know, I'm so... <laughs> He's vegan, yeah. so how do well, you feel about that? You know, it, it's like I'm vegan, but at the same time, I think... You know, having responsibly raised meat and done the right way, that's mm -hmm. okay. I'm just anti-dairy. I think I don't know if there's any healthy way to even intake dairy. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're really intended to do it. Yeah. But there's so many different nut milks out there, almond mm -hmm. milks. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I do the almond milk or the cashew milk. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is something that I did when I was a little girl and I still will do to this day. My great-grandmother would warm up milk for me, but I'll do almond milk yeah. um, and put a little bit of brown sugar in it. Oh. And I don't know if it just makes me think of back of being a child <laughs> but it will just like calm me yeah. and just knock me out so that's um another thing that you could do 
foods that are high in magnesium. Um, Magnesium is known as the relaxation mineral. Includes green leafy vegetables, sesame and sunflower seeds, and oats in your diet. Yeah, and I got a shout out to my sponsor, Garden of Life, because they sent me a Rest and Restore. It's their magnesium supplement for sleep. Ooh, pass that on, Garden of uh, Life. (laughs) I tell you, you just feel so calm and just great sleep. Yeah, I I definitely got to try that. And B vitamins, organic meat, brewer's yeast, liver, and green leafy vegetables are high in B vitamins. Consume foods high in vitamin B12 as your best sources. Yeah, I love articles like that because you you realize how much is in food. You you realize that food, Mm -hmm. Hippocrates, let food be thy medicine. It's such... When you know what you're targeting and you're eating right, you're going to figure out a lot of different things in your life, mm-hmm. whether it's your sleep or your energy levels during the daytime or yeah. you know staying alert while you're working. Uh, food is the answer. You just got to be very concerned about what you're doing. Yeah, and there's foods that you should also stay away from. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to get some sleep, you probably want to kick these um, to mm-hmm. the curb. Caffeine. Definitely don't consume caffeine after. I would say, you know, before you go to sleep, even for me. Within a I, few hours of sleep. Yeah, I can't even drink it past like three or four or I'll be up all night. Same thing yeah. with pre-workout. I can't yeah. take my pre-workout if I work out at night. Cause and that's the thing, too, you know, if you're for the gym because sleep is so essential to keeping you to keeping your body in shape as yes. well. So you don't want to be going hard at the gym with a New Year's resolution but sacrificing your sleep and wondering why your gains not, aren't you're happening. You're not seeing results, yeah. exactly. Um, alcohol. So I found this interesting because a lot of people will drink alcohol before they go to sleep yeah. to help them put them to sleep, especially wine, but it says it will actually have the adverse effect in the long run because... Yeah. What alcohol does is, even though you might fall asleep quickly, it's preventing you from getting to your deepest REM sleep. You need to be in that REM. So That's yeah, the sleep you want. It you will don't make want... you drowsy, but you're not going to hit the REM the way you would hit it Exactly. Yeah. And most of the time, most people, you know, if you go out <clears throat> a night of drinking, you fell asleep quick, but you wake up very groggy, tired, and, tired yeah. hungover. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to kick the alcohol to the curb. And um, any potential food allergens, um, sugar, and high-fat foods, which I found interesting with the high-fat foods, but I guess uh, fat slows down digestion and may lead to indigestion at night. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So limit fried foods before bedtime. Yeah, limit them, All together. (laughs) We don't need fried foods, especially not with our New Year's resolutions. (laughs) All right, you guys, that's all we have for today. Yeah, we were supposed to have Aaron Schwartz on today, and actually he went a little too hard himself, and he actually injured his back. So, But he will be joining us soon. Yeah, so we hope you feel better, and hopefully you'll be on next week with us, Aaron. Mm -hmm. You guys, thanks for watching. If there's anything that you want to talk about, you want us to research, let us know. We're here to help you. We want to be educated and educate you at the same time so we can all live a better, healthier, fun, fit life. Thanks for tuning in to Fit Club. You guys can find me on social media at fitwithfallon.com or at fitwithfallon all across social media. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Happy 2017, guys. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. Redefined.
The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.